Thank you, guys. Wow. Love that song. It's a new song by Chris Tomlin, and John has been teaching that to us for the last several weeks, and uh, John and I talked, uh, well, I don't know, as soon as he got the, uh, got the, the album, he called an album. Here, I'm aging myself. <laughs> As soon as he got that little round disc, what do they call those things? And uh, he said, oh, Steve, there, there's a song that I want us to learn. And, and uh, so uh, I got the words. I said, oh, John, there's a sermon I want to preach. And uh, Emmanuel, Hollywood Manger Ground. Now, don't get all excited about the difference in spelling. Both are correct, okay? It's all right. Uh, it, it's A-okay. So don't worry about that. What I do want you to get excited about is the meaning. What Emmanuel means. This starlit night really did fulfill our hopes and dreams. If you are a child of God, if you are in Christ this morning, your hopes and dreams have been fulfilled through Emmanuel. And so I want us this morning to just spend our time focusing on how these hopes and dreams have been fulfilled. And to realize that though this event happened some 2,000 years ago, it is still as relevant today as if it happened last night. So let's, let's just go to the Lord in prayer as we begin together this time this morning. Then I'm going to look at uh, that wonderful, one of those wonderful Christmas passages, the one found over Matthew chapter 1, looking at verses 18 through 25. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for loving us the way that you do. Emmanuel, God with us. We are so blessed. Undeserving, but so, so blessed. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross. Not only being born, but born to die so that we might be able to die to live. So that once our last breath is spent on this earth, our next breath will be in your very presence, holy God. Emmanuel, it means everything to us. And I just pray that even throughout today and, and, the, and the week, this week, and even the weeks ahead, that, that Emmanuel will, will take on new meaning. And that we will take on new relationship with you. So speak to us through your word. Be the message and the messenger. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, let's start by reading our passage found over Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had committed, commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now I want us this morning for, for just a little while to look at the impact of Emmanuel. The impact of, of what it means to have God with us. And not just then, but, but right now, December 20th, 2009. You see, in a very real sense, God took off his mask. Now it wasn't that he's been trying to hide from mankind. And that, wasn't, that wasn't the case at all. But through Jesus coming as a person, as a human being, God was showing us what he looks like. God was showing us what man, perfect mankind can be. Do you realize, think about this, if we all did it Jesus' way, and I mean Jesus' way, every single step of Jesus' way, we would live in a perfect world. We don't live in a perfect world. And sure, there's, there's areas all of us can improve so that Emmanuel, and we can begin to look more and reflect more Emmanuel in our life. You see, Jesus wasn't born just to be born. He wasn't just a, a baby in a manger. He, he grew. In fact, he, he grew to an obedient son. And there was one time where we might think there might be disbelief, but it really wasn't. It was just a little lack of communication. Joseph thought Mary, that, that Jesus was with Mary. Mary thought Jesus was with Joseph. Or maybe he was with some of his cousins. Maybe he was, you know, somewhere in the crowds behind as they were making their trek uh, from Bethlehem or back to Bethlehem and on and on and on. And you know the story. Where's Joseph? Or where's Jesus? Oh, I don't know. Where is he? I don't know. Jesus! And they realized he wasn't. So they, of course, went back to Jerusalem. And they found him teaching a 12-year-old teaching. They found him ministering to the scholars. And he's just, hey, I'm just doing my dad's business. I'm just doing my father's business. Why would you look any place? You should have started right here, mom and dad. This is where you should know I'm going to be. So even in those young years, he was, he was becoming more and more the man that God was creating him to be. And then, of course, he grew to a young man. And he, he received that, that call to minister and to, to touch lives in ways that we can see throughout the gospel accounts. Oh, my goodness. He then grew in special ways. He, he became a man that, that set the example. A man that showed the world, that showed everyone, that still is showing us today how to live a life of humility and love and service and grace and mercy and sacrifice. And again, if we would pattern our lives completely after Emmanuel, completely after Christ, oh my goodness, our lives would be probably a lot different. So we have... God taking off his mask. Here's what I look like. And his name is Jesus. And then we see the entrance of heavenly to the earthly. 
I love the song by Mark Lowry. Mary, did you know that Mark Lowry is, is a Christian comedian, but uh, he had a serious bone. And he wrote a spectacular song called Mary, Did You Know? And one phrase, I love the entire song because it just talks about Emmanuel, what really, what Mary must have been experiencing with, with God in her hands. But, but one phrase just touches my heart so much when, when he says he, she, she kissed the face of God. She did. She did. Heavenly became earthly. The entrance from, from heaven to earth through Emmanuel. Emmanuel refers to the intervention of the supernatural into the natural. Emmanuel means God is going through the darkness with us. God is going through the water with us. God is going through the fire with us. God is going through the wilderness with us. God is going through temptation with us. God is going through the pain with us. God is going through the sickness and disease with us. My mom called a couple of days ago, and Lord willing, we're leaving Tuesday to go see mom out, out in Kentucky. And uh, she called, and we were talking, and all of a sudden, she just started crying. I said, Mom, what's the matter? She said, well, adding on to everything else, they now, today, told me I'm a diabetic. She has pretty severe heart problems, and the cholesterol that is just, if she could sell what she manufactures cholesterol wise she would be a millionaire i mean she just her whole family of course i get to inherit all this wonderful stuff and and so being myself a diabetic for 11 years i said well mom i'll bring some stuff and we'll sit down and we'll talk and it's not the end of the world it's the end of chocolate cake but it's not the end of the world but uh we'll, we'll, we'll get through this why because Emmanuel, god's with us God's with us. In regards to what we go through in life, if we will allow him to be, he'll even join hands. He will be that close. He'll even carry us sometimes. God with us. God is going through the troubles and heartbreaks with us. Emmanuel means when you think you're alone, you're not. God is with you. When you're crying and feeling that no one understands, God understands. When you're, you're hurting and you don't think anybody cares, God's going, I care. I want to be with you during this difficult time. So I want us to understand that truly Emmanuel is as relevant today and even more so even than when Isaiah prophesied it Thousands of years ago, Emmanuel would come. He has come. He has come. There was a little four-year-old girl that was in a deep sleep, but she started having a really bad dream. In fact, this dream turned into a nightmare. And about 4 o'clock in the morning, she woke up screaming, Daddy, Daddy, I'm scared. And her, her dad, you know how, hey, well, you're in deep sleep, and he kind of wakes up, and he says, what? And she, I'm scared. He goes, oh, honey, I'm, I'm right next door. Everything is fine. You're going to be A-OK. -okay. Just, just go back to sleep. 
Well, a couple of minutes later, that scream came again. Daddy, Daddy, I'm, I'm really, really scared. And he said, honey, honey, you need to realize that, that God is, is right there in bed with you. He is right with you. He's there for you. Don't worry, you're going to be just fine. Well, there was a few moments of silence, and the little girl screamed out. She said, Daddy, Daddy, I know God is here, but I need someone with skin on. <laughs> That's Emmanuel. That's exactly what God did. He, he put skin on so that he could experience life like we experience it. God, if he remained God, he couldn't fully understand temptation because he's so much bigger than that. He's so much holier than that. It's not a problem for God. But he knew it was a problem for us. I've got to become one of them so I can understand what the enemy does and how he works and how this temptation thing really seems to get through to them. And so Jesus was tempted, and oh my, was he tempted. Yeah, but you know, he didn't have the temptations we have today. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. He was tempted just as we are. And you know, he overcame. Emmanuel means that when our best efforts fail, when we are broken, humbled, Lonely, scared, and hurting, God can be God. When you are your lowest, when you cry out Him your loudest, that's when God so many times can do His best. Now, at that very moment, you may not feel it. At that very moment, moment you may not experience it. But I guarantee you, you stay faithful to him. You keep Emmanuel right here, and especially right here, and you will get through this storm. This too, as my mom has often said, and I've got to say this to her when I go out there, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. And you know what, church? We are in such a win-win situation. If something does happen that we breathe our last breath on this earth today, if we are in the family of God, if we have given our lives to Jesus Christ, our next breath is going to be in the very presence of God. From one breath to the next. When, when. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Forever. Forever. Why? Because God put skin on. He put skin on. Now what I want us to do here as we finish out is just look at a few, and I do mean few, biblical examples of Emmanuel. I have several here listed, but here's what I would encourage you to do, even starting today. I would encourage you to Go through the New Testament. Start in the Gospels. And just kind of start skimming and reading. Maybe if you like me, you marked those verses, those favorite verses of yours. You can certainly write these down, and I, I encourage that, certainly. Make this your starting list. But form your own list 
of scriptures that truly speak of Emmanuel, how God is working in your life today, in this day and age, right now. How God is, is available, how God is with us. And even as we go through these passages that I'm going to run through, you're, you're, you're going to be encouraged. I don't see how you can not be encouraged. I want to just keep on going. But I thought, oh my goodness, we'll be there till 2 o'clock, so I won't. So I just listed a few. Let's start in Matthew. That's, that's a good starting point. Turn over to Matthew chapter 11. And I know this is a verse that you're, you're very, very familiar with. But let's just look at Matthew 11. Verse 28 through 30. And notice these are Jesus' words. And again, we miss a lot because we live in such a different culture than, than Jesus' day. These people in Jesus' day, when he recites this, when he says this next little statement, they understood perfectly what he was talking about. We have to kind of reach and stretch to, to fully understand, but, but we'll, we'll do that. Notice what he says. Come to me, all. And there's my favorite word, all. And church, help us out. Why is all my favorite word? Because all means all. All means all. Yeah, yeah. So come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Anybody ever been weary and burdened? You can raise your hand. You're amongst friends. Yeah. For those of you that didn't raise your hands, we'll talk. <laughs> If you got a secret, I want to know what it is. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, here's where we don't fully understand all these things. Uh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How many people just want rest? Oh, I can't wait till the holidays are over so I can get some rest. And we're out already. And Christmas isn't even, isn't even here yet. Oh, my goodness. If we'll do it the Lord's way, Emmanuel is all over this. I am telling you, Emmanuel is all over this passage. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, someday I'll go into the yoke and burden, and we'll explain all that. And just remember the oxen trodden and that yoke and the burden and all that that was involved with that. That's just one. Let's stay in Matthew. Let's go to the end of the end of the book. Matthew 28. Back to the last verse. Thought about reading the, the whole segment here, but I'm just going to read the last verse. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then Jesus says this. And surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age. Now again, I know you've heard this verse a dozen times. I've read it at least that many. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Then what's going to happen? Face-to-face -face contact with Jesus. Face-to-face -face contact with God. And well, I don't know if it'll be face-to-face. -face. I have a feeling I'll be looking at the knees of God. Because I just think, you know, I can't imagine us doing anything but just falling to our knees in worship. And slowly, just raise it up to see the glorious face of God. 
Emmanuel, it, it's all over this. Emmanuel. And he don't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what storm. It doesn't matter what trial. It doesn't matter what obstacle is in your way. Jesus says, I'm with you always. Now, of course, the King James says, Lo, I'm with you always. I wouldn't fly for years because of that. I say, wait a minute. Lo, am I with you always? That doesn't mean up in the high in the skies. So I better, better stay on the ground. No, 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 no. Always, wherever, it doesn't matter. God is with us. Now, let's skip over to uh, what has probably become my favorite chapter. It was my dad's favorite for a year, and I always said, oh, I'm not going to make my dad's favorite chapter my favorite chapter, but I can't help it. Romans 8. Romans 8. It's just phenomenal. If you, if, let me tell you something. If you just write this down. If you get discouraged, go to Romans 8. Put that wherever you need to put that in your house so that you'll always know Romans 8 is available. <coughs> Romans 8. It is, it, we could spend all day just right here in this one chapter. But I, I'm not. In fact, I'm not going to cover the first half. We're just, we're just going to breeze right on through and get down to verse 26. 26 through 28. And again, be looking for Emmanuel. I think you're going to find him pretty easily. Notice what we read. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's Word. When you do not know what to pray, ever been that way? Yeah, me too. Sometimes you're like, you just, you're so boggled. You're so befuddled. Oh, Lord, I don't, even know to, I don't even know what to say. The Holy Spirit said, here's what Steve's trying to say. Emmanuel's going, God, here's the, here. you know, he's, he's from Kentucky. Forgive him. Here's what he's trying to say. And don't anybody amen that either, by the way. And then notice verse 28. Emmanuel is all over it. And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him. It doesn't say all things are good. They're not. We live in a wicked world. I wish I could say different, but it's the truth. But it does say that in all things, God works for the good. Love that. Who love him. For those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. Now, don't go far. We're just going down to verse 31. We're still in Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, my goodness. You talk about an Emmanuel verse. That's an Emmanuel verse. God with us. If God is for us, who can be against us? We talked a couple of weeks ago. Our greatest enemy ever, ever, ever was death, and Jesus took care of that. The other enemy we have is Satan, and Ephesians 6 takes care of that. Ephesians 6, starting verse 10, down through the rest of the chapter, gives us that armor to everything we need to fight against Satan. Jesus gives us some other great advice on how to battle the, the, the enemy. And so we are in a win-win situation. There is nothing for us to fear. There is nothing for us to worry about. 
What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? So what if the guy at work is driving you crazy? It'll pass. So what if, if you know, you, you've got bills and, and the bills and, and the check? It's going to be okay. Emmanuel, God is with us. Now stay right there in chapter 8 because we're just going to the next verse, verse 32. 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? All of my words all over that verse. All, all, all. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? I love the way Jesus put it. Why are you worrying? Why are you worrying about what you're going to eat, or what you're going to drink, or what you're going to wear? Look at all you just gave example after example and, and just cleared it all. Seek first my kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. Just do it my way. Let Emmanuel be Emmanuel in your life. Let God be with you. Let Lord, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, be with you in your life, directing your life. And that means every piece of the pie of your life. Let them have control of it all, and you're going to be absolutely amazed. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to have trouble three times. That doesn't mean you're not going to have any more issues. It doesn't mean you're not going to have any obstacles in the way. But what it does mean is you've got God right here beside you. And he already knows the solution. He already knows the outcome. He already knows how to get over, under, through, or around that obstacle. He already knows the outcome. He already knows the sickness and what's going to happen. The best we can do is say, Emmanuel, be Emmanuel. Be Emmanuel. And then, there's one more in Romans 8. I, I, I tried and I couldn't leave. <laughs> Romans 8, verse 34. Who is he that condemns Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us? You blow it. Anybody, anybody besides me blow it. Oh, good. That's what I'm going You blow it. We do. We blow it. We, we sin. We don't like to. We don't necessarily want to. It just, you know, sometimes Satan gets us at a weak moment and boom. We, we blow it. And then we, we, we go, we, we feel bad, we're sorrowful, we are repentant, we, we go, we seek the forgiveness, and we go to God and we begin to, in our, in our very best, say, God, I'm sorry. And there's, there's, there's Emmanuel going, God, my blood covers it. He's, he's free to go. She's fine. Blood covers it. They have sought forgiveness. Forgive them. And God says, okay. It, it, it's, it's wonderful. Now, that doesn't mean we just say, oh, boy, that's a license to sin. Absolutely not. Why do you want to put Jesus back on the cross? Come on. But when we do sin, it's so awesome to know that he is interceding for us. Oh, I could go on and on and on just from Romans 8, but 
But let's go on over to, to 2 Corinthians. And just because we're going to 2 Corinthians doesn't mean there's nothing in 1 Corinthians. There's a lot there. So I just, and like I said, picking and choosing a few. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. God made him, Emmanuel, who had no sin. And if there was one thing that Jesus would say to, was sin. He loved God, loved his Father. God hates sin. He can have no fellowship with sin. Read 1 John. And, and so Jesus... One of the hardest things for him, I do believe, in the whole human experience was when he, as we read, became sin, hanging on that cross. It wasn't the crucifixion that killed Jesus. It is a scientific and medically proven that Jesus died of a broken heart, literally. The sin was so, so strong all of your sin of all time, all the sin of all the world of all time, totally covered Jesus. And his heart got to a point it couldn't take anymore. He hated sin so much. And his heart exploded. When they pierced his side with the spear, it, we read that water and blood mingled. It, the, the water was from his heart. And did you see this first? Let me, let me read it again. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him, this is amazing, we might become the righteousness of God. You come to Jesus. And I love that song, Just As I Am, No Little Him just as I am. You come to him just as you are. It's, it's pretty grody. It's, it's kind of gnarly looking. Pretty nasty. And God is going, ugh. And then you give your life to Christ. Your, your sins are washed away as you are baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then, God says, Woo, look at that. That looks good. You have my righteousness. That's what Emmanuel did. Emmanuel took you, literally grasped you from, from the, 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 the depths of hell. He, he grasped you before you could get there and, and got you so that you can instead be on your way to heaven. Let's look over at Galatians chapter 3. It says something a little, a little similar to what I just read. But in Galatians, Paul writes this in the 13th verse of Galatians 3. Christ redeemed us, bought us back from the curse of the law. See, when you sin, you broke the law. And when you broke the law, you got the death penalty. Boom. That quick. Death penalty is issued. So, so... 
think about for a moment. All I have is the death penalty. Now let's go back to this verse and we start all over again. Christ bought us back, redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. God with us became the curse for us. He, he not only became one of us, he took your curse. You're condemned. You are in line for the death penalty. You are in line for judgment. And Jesus says, I'll take his place. I'll take her place. Are you beginning to understand how important Emmanuel is? Are you beginning to realize how Emmanuel is Emmanuel as much today as he was the day that he was born and, 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 and laid in that little manger? Wow. And then, well, the first verse I ever memorized, probably my favorite verse of all times. I don't have to read it because I have it memorized, but I'm going to read it for you. Philippians 4. Verse 13. When, when Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, they're struggling. There's some persecution beginning to go on and different things are happening. They're being ridiculed and made fun of and, and laughed at and scoffed at. And, and some of it even got a little harsher than that. And Paul just said, hey, look, hang in there, guys. And then in verse 13, he just, he just nails it. He says, I can do everything through him who gives me the strength. Now I memorized it the old, the old way. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Same thing. I can do all things through Christ. Emmanuel. Whatever it might be. If it's overcoming temptation, I can do that. Not on my own. Anybody ever stopped trying or tried to stop sinning on your own? Did it work? Nope. At least it didn't work for me. But when I let Emmanuel have the place where Emmanuel wants to have in my heart, not because he wants to be mean boss man, because he knows what is best for me and he loves me so much, then I can do all things, including overcoming temptation, through him who gives me the strength. One more. I stopped at Colossians. I thought, oh my goodness. I mean, I thought about going all the way to Revelation. I just it, read the last few verses of Revelation. We win, folks. It's Emmanuel still. It's Emmanuel and all of us together forever and ever and ever. Wow, you talk about a great ending to a great book. Woo! But Colossians chapter 1. Just turn the page, probably. Verse 21 through 23. Again, think about yourself and think about Emmanuel. Once you were alienated from God. What? Are you kidding? And were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Sin. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to, pre to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith 
established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven in which I, Paul, have become a servant. Oh, the first part of that. Once you were aliens in God's eyes. Sin was so much a part of your life, God didn't even hardly recognize you. He certainly didn't recognize you as part of his creation because he didn't create that. <laughs> but Emmanuel, once again, Emmanuel steps right in. I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this, Dad. And boy, did he. As we close out this morning, I just want to ask one question. It's an important question. It might be a little bit hard to, to answer. You may have to swallow real hard before you do answer it. But the question is simply this. Does Jesus mean as much to you as you mean to him? Let's look for him. Does he? Does Jesus, does Emmanuel mean as much to you as, as you mean to him? How much do you mean to him? Well, I think we know the answer. We have a Christmas tree in our house, and I'm sure most of you have a Christmas tree in your house. But there's another tree. And as it was decorated, it was pretty, pretty gross. It's very bloody. Very painful. Very sorry. I wonder, as, as God created the tree that the cross came from, how he felt mixed emotion, knowing that that tree and what was going to happen on that tree would be wonderful for us. But oh my, terrible for his son. But Jesus loves us so much. And he could have called 10,000 angels. You start counting up 10,000, it take you a while. You could easily call 10,000 angels to, to say, hey, get me out of here. These people are not worth it. And he would have been exactly right. Not even close. None of us are. But instead, Emmanuel said, Father, tell me after Christmas what better present what present is better than what you've already received if you've received Christ as Savior Father forgive them they don't know what they're doing well you know what today we do know what we're doing we're here right now and it's a chance to to give Emmanuel the one thing he wants. 
Hey, it's Jesus' birthday that we celebrate. Now, he was not born December 25th. That's another sermon for another two. It's Jesus' birthday, and we get all the presents. Well, that's not fair. This year, I think I found in his word what he wants. Just one thing. Only one thing on his birthday list. You can spell it two ways. You can, you can spell the long version or you can spell the short, short version. The long version is Y-O-U. The short version is you. That's all he wants. That's all. But he, wants, he, he doesn't want part. He doesn't want you on Sunday morning for an hour and a half. He wants all. So that he can be all that he longs to be. As he made it well. So it's decision time. Are you ready to let him be all? Are you going to give him in 2010, hopefully starting long before that, every part of your life? Every aspect. <clears throat> so that he can be all. And as you this week go through your New Testament and find more and more Emmanuel scriptures, you're going to be utterly amazed at what God has given us. So if you need to make a decision, maybe, maybe you're already an immersed believer in Christ. You just, you just want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. You want to rededicate your life. And you want, it, you want Christmas to start a little early. And you want to give God the gift of you today. You, you, you've accepted him and all that, but you haven't given him all. And you're really wanting to do that. Great. What an encouragement to the rest of the body. Or maybe you're outside of Christ. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and had your sins washed away. Oh my goodness, I encourage you to come and to give him your life, your all. And then you'll see these scriptures just coming to full fruition. And oh, one of these days, oh, happy day, when we see Christ face to face, when, when we meet him in the air, we are ushered into his presence. Let's stand. <laughs> Give your all to Christ.